He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Jim Woodward, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. And boys, we have a lot to get into today. But let's keep it local with our man Victor Hovland winning back-to-back at the Hero World Challenge. And... T-Dub, Javi this week hit 63.9% of his greens this week at the Hero World Challenge and still clips Scotty Scheffler by two shots who was battling uh, to get that top spot in the official World Golf ranking. And T-Dub, what I saw from Victor Hovland is the short game looks phenomenal. I saw him hit a great chip shot on number eight in the final round where he was below the green, chips it up there stone dead to 18 inches. And I even posed the question on Twitter, T-Dub. I said in 2022, Javi had by far the best putting year of his career. I see his chipping trending in the right direction in his last 10 starts. Now his last 11 starts, T-Dub. This week, uh, this was halfway through the golf tournament. His driving accuracy was 82%, and he's hit 66.7% of the green. So it stayed around that area throughout the entire tournament. And he was still leading by three at that point and won the golf tournament by two shots. T-Dub, if he continues to have the short game like he had this week, we could very well be looking at a massive 2023 from Victor Hovland. I'm about to say a statement that I don't think I've ever said in my entire life, and I honestly didn't think I would ever say it, but Victor Hovland's short game won him this golf tournament. And it, it, it's actually, and you, you include the putting in there too, he just made so many clutch putts. Obviously, the one everyone's going to look at is the uh, basically 17-footer for bogey that he made on 18, which obviously his ball striking didn't help him get to that position whatsoever. So, But he had so many great great chips as well too on the, on the front nine, whatever the drivable um, par four is. He had a little... He had a real awkward stance. Looked like he used like a little eight iron or something, chip it up there, which is something I was yelling at him to start doing. Just get the ball on the ground whenever his, his chipping was struggling. Just try something different and look like he's doing that. So I don't know what he just seems so much more confident in that area too, which is something we hadn't seen in a while because in all honesty, he, he hit some fairly loose shots here or there, but he was able to rebound with his chipping and more impressively his putting. I think we would have been naive to think that he was going to chip like a 20 handicapper for his whole career. I, I, I think that every golfer goes through putting lows, chipping lows, driving rows. I think they all struggle at points, but to think that that good a player was going to be a bad chipper for his whole life, I think we were fooling ourselves if we thought that. So we've all said it all along. And, and you know what's cool about that stat, Sam? It was blowing down there, guys. It was 20, 25 mile an hour wind gust. Um, it's hard to hit that many greens. So it just screams how good a ball striker this young man is. So I, I'm like you guys. If, if he's got a short game to go with the rest of his game, it's just a matter of time before he wins in the United States and possibly a major. No doubt about it, Woody. And my point of bringing up the 63.9% of the greens in regulation was not to say that he hit the ball bad. It, you have to you know, strike it well to hit that many greens in the wind. My point of bringing that up was to say, if you were going to win that golf tournament this week at the Hero World Challenge, you were going to have to chip your ball and putt your ball because I feel like it's a very understated thing, putting in the wind and chipping in the wind. And if you're not very confident in your chipping, it, it's... I mean, especially on that Bermuda grass, probably the toughest place to chip. Those tight Bermuda lies in the wind, T-Dub. And what Victor Hovland did this week blew me away. And I saw it trending. I saw it trending, T-Dub. But he really confirmed it this week. And the guy that he beat, Scotty Scheffler, battling to be number one in the world, T-Dub. Javi, to me, is going to have a big 2023. I wouldn't be surprised if I pick him in a major next year. He's definitely got the game trending for it. There, there's no doubt about that. And you feel like that his time is going to come eventually. It's just a matter 
of wind, but I just, you mentioned the type of Bermuda grass around some chipping, and I noticed a lot of times he was putting from, from off the green. I think that's a sign of maturity as well, knowing what, what your skill set is and, and what it's not, and the fact that he was able to, like I said, use some different clubs around the greens, I think helped him as well, but you know, guys, we keep thinking about the short game and everything, but I think Javi really won this tournament, in all honesty, in the third round. Scheffler was making a chase there at the end, but Javi shot eight under uh, in some fairly tough conditions in that round three. One, and he also made a bogey on a par five as well. A lot of mud balls um, going on in that round because I believe they played lift, clean, and place the first two days, and then the last two rounds they didn't. So a lot of uh, mutters out there. But yeah, Javi's just, he's just, he, whenever you're that good of a player, you can just get it rolling and, and keep things going your way. And that's obviously what he's seen up to this point and I'm exactly with you Sam I think that he's going to have some success but Woody you brought it up earlier and I would say this um you know one in our group text not too long ago I've got to see him win in the United States before I can fully be invested in the, the potential that he has it's uncanny isn't it Woody that he can win everywhere but the continental United States and there's another little tidbit here by his wins he won back to back uh obviously at the hero world challenge and he's won twice in my and both of those trophies are animals. You have the Tiger Trophy and you have the Chameleon Trophy that you get for winning in Mayakoba. I saw someone on Twitter calling Hovland Dr. Doolittle Woody. Maybe he needs to play outside of the U.S. and have an animal as the trophy. Well, I'm not sure what his trophy room looks like, but it's starting to look like a zoo. Um, <laughs> he's ready to he's, he's, he's ready to, I think. I don't know, guys. It, it, he's too good. Uh, why he hasn't won the United States yet, I don't know. But he's just too doggone good a player. And shame on all of us. We thought Rom was going to be the favorite. And, uh, we did talk about Hoblin because of the windy conditions. But we should have given our boy from Oklahoma a lot more uh, kudos before that tournament started. I did want to ask, so, T-Dub, did you, did you make a bet on Tommy Fleetwood fishing in top five like you were going to? <laughs> no, I'm sure glad I didn't. If I would have had a first-round lead or a first nine-hole lead, I would have been all right because he got off to a good start. But then, Woody, he went to complete shit after that. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, he finished 20th, if I'm not mistaken. To let our that, listeners that know, DFL. to let our listeners know, he finished at seven over in 20th place. Uh a couple guys that were disappointments. You brought one of them up, John Rahm at five under. You know, kind of yeah. a winner type of tournament to me. You know, just kind of looked a little off, but nothing looked too terrible with Rom. It just wasn't fully clicking this week. Another guy that we kind of hit spot on that we'll talk about a little later was Jordan Speed finishing at one over for the golf tournament in 15th place out of 20 players. Not his best week either. One guy that I did uh, pin as having a really good week this week that did was Xander Shoffley finishing at 11 under and solo fourth place. Place. Um, was there any other surprises or disappointments that you saw, T-Dub? Well, I, I think one thing we just need to highlight, and you can call it a disappointment or not, he finished second, but I think Scotty Scheffler played good enough to win this tournament. I, over the course of the first three rounds in particular, I saw him miss a lot of putts. I mean, a lot of putts, especially inside the five to six feet range. So he's definitely still struggling in that area. And then even coming down the stretch, him and Javi were, were battling it out, but then Scheffler hits it short in the bunker on 17, unable to really make a, a birdie opportunity. And then after Hovland puts in the water on 18, Scheffler's 190 yards out right in the middle of the fairway. And I get it. It's a fairly tough shot. because you have water left and it's green narrow, but he hits it about 15, 20 yards right. That you could just tell from his swing. He, he, he didn't commit to it and he just held on the club too long. So I, I don't know. It, it's just, I, I feel like I want Scotty Scheffler to get back and to have the great form that he had um, around Masters time last year, but he's definitely still lacking in some areas, but it goes to show that he's that talented because even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's still going to contend against the world's best. Woody, how much stock should we put in a tournament like this that is in the winter time? like I just brought up with John Rahm? You know, do we put a whole lot of stock into it? Like a guy like Tommy Fleetwood, for instance, who was playing great golf leading up to this golf tournament, may have taken some time off right before the golf tournament. We don't even know how much he really practiced or how much any of these guys really practice this time of year, right? I don't think they're practicing near as hard as what they will once the year starts. I think it's almost human nature, guys. They, they've got to be tired. Golf's a 12-month-a-year deal now, which is tough because – I don't know of any golfer that can stay focused 12 months out of the year. So I, I did, I did 
noticed one thing that getting married didn't really affect uh, Morikawa much. He, he had a pretty good week. So uh, before Finished you even try to roll me solo under, six. yeah, yep. yeah, before you try to roll me under the bus and get me to stick my foot in my mouth, I'm going to go ahead and compliment <laughs> him on on how well he did play on his honeymoon. So uh, you know that that shows you right there. Yeah, this time of year, I just don't put a whole lot of emphasis. A guy like Hovland. He he's going to play golf good almost all year long because he really doesn't have. Victor's not married. Victor has no children. Uh, Victor really doesn't have anything to do but play golf, guys. That's why I say we see him out at Oak Tree when it's you know forty degrees and blowing twenty, and he's hitting balls. Uh, if you have nothing else to do but play golf, uh, you're going to be pretty sharp almost year round. The rest of those guys with families and all the activities got on uh, holiday season and everything else. Uh, yeah, if they if they were spot on right now, I'd worry about them. No doubt about it. And the last guy we have to talk about in this golf tournament was Cameron Young and finishing solo third at 12 under, shot four under in the final round. Guys, Cam Young continues to be maybe my favorite uh, for kind of a breakout year next year because he was right there on the cusp of doing some amazing things last year, even in some major championships like we saw in Tulsa at Southern Hills. What do you see in Cam Young's game, T-Dub, that makes you think that he could have you know a really big breakout year and possibly even win a major next year and get over that hump? Well, I, I think, in all honesty, he's the best driver of the golf ball in the world. I, I, it's either him or Rory, but I, I think, in all honesty, I would want Cam Young hitting um, my drivers if he was. And you look at him so far this year, Sam, he's been, his iron play has been exceptionally well, gaining almost 1.45 shots approach. So, yeah, I think he's going to have an exceptionally great year next year. I just think that he's, he's similar to the aspect of Hovland is just winning the United States just because he needs to break through and win. He's had so many high finishes, especially in the majors, the third at the uh, at Southern Hills PGA, and then uh, end up finishing solo second because Rory um, didn't play the 18th hole very well second at, at St. Andrews. So he's, he's been there so often, I think he's going to break through eventually. But uh, he just needs to have that breakthrough win um, for me to be fully invested. But uh, his driving is so good and his iron play looks so good that uh, he I, I feel like he's going to break through sooner rather than later. You know who he reminds me of right now? Who's that? Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler two years ago. Uh, a, a guy that's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. He, he, he's got everything, but he hasn't broke through. And if he does, guess what? I think it's going to be Katie bar the door then. I think the floodgates will open. He's too good. But he reminds me a lot of Scheffler because, you know, Scheffler wasn't winning. It seemed like right. forever. Everybody talked about how yeah. good Scotty was and he wasn't winning. And then, boy, when he did, and, and now is another guy, um, David Duvall, that's before your all's time, but he was like that. He was up there, up there, up there. So was Payne Stewart. You know what You know what they called uh, Payne Stewart back in my day? For a long time, his nickname was Avis, like the car rental. Okay. Because he was sure he, was, he needed to just try a little harder. <laughs> and when he got that nickname when they started calling him avis it really pissed him off and i think it motivated him and you know it didn't take long he wasn't avis anymore so um i think he's that kind of golfer that's all I'm, i i wanted to bring that up because that's who he reminds me of no doubt about it and i would always bank on those young guys that feel like they you know, have always been up there, but can never get over that hump. And I mean, we forget that Cam Young won rookie of the year last year, guys. I mean, Cam Cam Young's a really young guy. And so the fact that we think that he's been up there a lot and hadn't necessarily got the job done, I'm going to bank on him to get the job done in the future, probably the near future. Guys, let's wrap up a couple more things from the tournaments over this past week before we hit this break. Uh, Interesting story here from the Aussie Open, uh, Cam Smith misses the third round cut uh, after he, quote, had a few too many beers the night before. He thought he was going to miss the cut, guys, uh, the the halfway through cut, the normal cut, um, and then had to play in the third round after he wasn't expecting to have to play in the third round, and he was out with his buddies the night before and uh, had an early tea time the next morning. Has that ever happened to you, Woody? <laughs> Yeah, well, I wasn't ever that much in competition where I was going to be the winner. Um, and, and if I had won the week before, you could write me off because, yeah, I'd have been into a beer too. But uh, 
Uh, isn't he just a piece of work? I mean, if you don't like Cam Smith, there's something wrong with you because he is just a consummate um, fun guy to watch. Um, I said it on our last podcast, if you don't remember correctly, I said uh, he could win again if he doesn't get into too many beers. Well, I was very prolific there because obviously <laughs> he got into a few beers. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Good for him, though. You know what I mean? That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what especially, I got to tell you. Especially this time of year, right, T-Dub? Oh, absolutely. And he just come, came off winning the uh, the Australian PGA the week before. That's so, right. I mean, give, give the guy a little bit of credit. So, But, uh, yeah, just, just the, the way that it happened, the way that he, he actually did make the cut, which was, you know, I mean, you win the week before, even though he's that talented, you expect him to have an off week, and obviously he did. But yeah, just want to go out and have a little fun. You know, he probably doesn't get to get go down to Australia as much as he wants to, and that's not where he's from, obviously. So uh, hopefully, he had a good time. He obviously did have a good time. Um, probably would have liked to have played maybe one more round of golf, but uh, I'm sure he'll. Uh, I'm sure he'll be able to make it. No doubt about it. And then the other thing that I want to update people on is Zimbabwe's Scott Vincent tops the International Series Order of Merit, earns a spot in the 2023 Live Golf League. Um, guys, do you have any thoughts on that? T-Dub, I know you probably covered a little bit closer than I do as far as the International Series. You know, in all honesty, I hadn't been too familiar with it, but uh, that's super cool. It's uh, I guess we'll see one of those new additions coming uh to, to the to the live circuit and uh it, it's just a, an interesting way that uh, you know we talked before about you know majors and themselves cre- changing their criteria and i saw it was a couple of days ago it was i believe the japan tour now in the top five order of merit now gets automatic status to the dp world tour so it's interesting to see that live um has an a, a, you know a series like that that allows players to be able to to work their way up into that league so it's uh, an interesting thing that uh, something i had wondered about how live was going to do it but uh, now you're seeing it come into fruition it's uh, it's a fairly cool thing absolutely t-dub before we hit a break woody can you please tell us about our friends at quail creek bank happy to uh here's the thing Are you, if you're tired of getting a run around from your bank and credit union and you find it difficult sometimes to even talk to a living person, well, you got to look no further than Quail Creek Bank. It's your connection for better banking, Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 5. They'll also put you in touch with another friendly human who will help you with any questions and anything to help solve your problems. What are you waiting for is what I keep telling people. Call them today at 405-755-1000 to experience the difference because there is a difference call them today thank you for that woody definitely go visit our friends at quail creek bank in oklahoma city so stay with us here on the 73rd hole and after the break we have some interesting news that involves the lpga the pga and greg norman how does that make sense find out here after the break here on the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at mcrayroofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McCray Roofing for your free inspection today. We are back rolling along here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Definitely go visit Golf Oklahoma for all your local golf news. Kim McLeod wrote a great story on Live Golf coming to Cedar Ridge in Broken Arrow 
Oklahoma. And so definitely go check that out as soon as possible. We have uh, the schedule coming out here in the next couple days. It was supposed to come out yesterday, guys, but we'll have some interesting news on that later in the show. Uh, Woody, before we get to all that stuff, I heard you went duck hunting this morning. Did you kill anything? <laughs> yeah, I got to be careful here. There's probably some uh, uh, bleeding hearts out there that don't like me killing things. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was very lucky when I I got married for the second time. I, I had two beautiful daughters, and I love them to death. But, you know, I'm kind of a guy's guy. I like to hunt and fish and golf, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a lot better with guys than I am with girls. Well, in my second marriage, my wife had three of the greatest young men you would ever want to meet. And the youngest has kind of turned into my my son I never had. So anymore, guys, when I go hunting, uh, my buddy Gino McNeely, the chef at, at Oak Tree National, likes to say it best. He said, you know what, he, we're just not mad at him like we used to be. So we don't really... We don't really have to shoot them. We, I enjoy calling them and watching, but we had to back our podcast up today, ladies and gentlemen, because the ducks were flying. <laughs> and I got to tell you, I had more fun watching that son of mine this morning shooting ducks. I could have sat down there for another two hours, but I knew I needed to go to work with you boys. So, yes, we had a great duck hunt with a, a couple of few geese thrown in just for fun. So, uh, for all the people out there that don't don't like things that for people that hunt, I'm sorry, but I do want you to know we clean our birds, we eat our birds, um, we 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 don't just uh, try to kill something just to kill it. So, but yeah, let me tell you something, guys. I had a ball this morning, and I, I bet I didn't shoot my gun two or three times, but that was fine with me. I had more fun watching. That is beautiful, Woody. Uh, speaking of Twitter, I do want to tell everybody to go. Follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole and at 73rd hole on Instagram. I saw a couple interesting things on Twitter that I want to get your guys' thoughts on. This comes from Dylan Deethier on Twitter, and it says, If you were randomly dropped into a pro sporting event with your entire country's hopes and dreams on the line, referring to the World Cup, would you most want to attempt a free throw, a penalty kick, a 25-yard field goal, or a six-foot putt? T-Dub, I'll let you lead us off here. So uh, we have penalty kick, free throw, six-foot putt, and what's the other one? A 25-yard field goal. Okay, field goal 100% is out. There, There's no chance I, I would want to do that. Um, they come down the free throw, the penalty kick, six-foot putt. Um, penalty kick, I guess, depends on who the goalie is. That, that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, if you're looking just based off of the odds, I feel like they're all pretty close. I think a penalty kick percentage is like 75%, which is a pretty much about what an NBA uh, free throw percentage is. But I think a, a, a six-footer on, on for a tour pro is a little worse than 75%. So I guess by the analytics, I would throw that one out. I mean, what I would best, I would choose the six-footer myself. But, uh, you know, if, if you have someone who's, who's not very talented at the goalie position, Woody, I would trust myself to, uh, to, get, the, uh, to get the ball into the net. Yeah, I'm going to base this on the fact that I'm having to try to perform any of those things. You know what? I can I can yip a six-footer and maybe make it, but I got no chance of a field goal, free throw, free kick, none of that other crap. All I do is embarrass myself. So I'm, I'm out on everything. I, let me putt. I, and, you know, because that's what I've always told people. I'll gamble with you, but I'll only gamble with you if I'm controlling my destiny. To bet on other guys running around kicking and throwing, I, I'm not much on that. I don't trust them. Uh, and now, <laughs> me myself, and that way, because if I fail, that's my problem. But but betting on a bunch of guys running around kicking a ball or throwing a ball, I, I get disappointed a lot. So I quit gambling a long time ago. Guys, I, I feel like the free throw wouldn't be so hard, would it, Sam? We haven't really no, brought up the free throw a whole see, lot. The free throw is not, not super difficult. See, that's what I was going to bring up. I would probably go with free throw mainly because even the pros, right? Like you said, the pros on the PGA Tour, what do you say it is? Like 75% uh, from six feet. I would say it's probably around that for a free throw. So 
me personally, I would probably go free throw just because it's a win-win situation. No one's actually expecting me to make the free throw, you know, and, and people are probably expecting me to make the six-footer. So just as far as expectations, I'm probably going to go free throw. I think I have a better chance to make it. Hey, but let me throw something in on that six-footer. Are we getting to put it in the morning or are we putting it in the afternoon after everybody's tracked the green belt? Well, that's a great, because those that's a great are, question, those Woody, because that's our yeah, next yeah. thing that I was going to bring up here. Lou Stogner yeah, on Twitter please. brought up the putting make rates by time of day from 2004 to 2021 for tour players. Foot traffic and grass growth throughout the day makes it tougher to putt was the conclusion. And basically, let me give you uh, some stats here. So like from speaking of six feet, let's go six feet to six and a half feet. If you're putting a six footer uh, at eight o'clock in the morning, you have a 66.7% chance to make the putt on the PGA Tour. Now, if you're putting that same putt, at 5 p.m. or later, you have a 61.4% chance to make that putt. So it really drops 5%, guys. That's really surprising, and uh, that kind of goes to what Taylor Gooch was telling us about one of the things guys like on Live that everybody's playing at the same time. And there's also less less people on it as well because you have 144 players playing versus um, you know 48. So, yeah, there's a lot of advantages uh, to putting to putting on live greens, but yeah, it's it's an it's a stat. I've seen some stuff like this in the past. This is a very uh, detailed chart uh, that you're able to send, and yeah, it's it, it's it's imperative that that that's why a lot of guys like playing in the morning, and that's why Thursday morning wave is, is so important because you can go out and you can shoot an early good round, and the first round is analytically the most important because if you get off to a good start, you're uh, you're you're ne- you're pretty much never going to miss the cut. So it's uh, yeah, it's very it's very interesting just to see though the the vast difference in the and also the type of grass matters too because Woody could probably attest to this a little better. I assume Poana in the afternoon is a little different than bent grass in the afternoon, for sure. And 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 Poana is really brutal. That. When when we go back to some of the greatest putts I've ever seen made, I always go back to that putt that Tiger made on two, in 2008 at Torrey Pines mm-hmm. to get in the playoff with Rocky Rockwell Media because that was late, late. Day. That was one last screw. He was the last screw, if I'm not mistaken. And to make that much of a breaking putt on Poana that late in the day, that, that shows you that not only was he really good, but he was also blessed. I mean, because those are – those are the killer ones to make, in my opinion. And I think when you look at those kinds of stats, first off, God loves anybody that would take the time to do that. I, I can't even <laughs> imagine trying to chart all that. I mean, gee whiz, I'd rather go get a root canal than sit at a desk or a computer and try to figure all that out. So kudos to that boy for figuring all that out. But I, I could have told him I didn't know what the percentages are, but I knew – for a fact, I love those morning times. Only reason why I didn't like a morning time compared to an afternoon and morning. I like to get the rounds over with as quick as I could, and plus I missed more cuts than most, so I was ready to get the hell out of Dodge. So uh, it worked really good for me to go late and early. So, um, but it was an advantage, and if it, if you don't think so, even in your little um, games that you play with your friends, it's it's a lot. You make a lot more putts in the morning than you do in the afternoon. No doubt about it, guys. And and even in this show, I think we said when we were talking about the uh, penalty kicks and the free throws and the six-footer, we just threw 75% off the top of our head. It's actually, you know, on a six-footer, probably averages around 64%, guys. So if you're an amateur out there and you have a six-footer, don't be too hard on yourself if you miss it. Uh, Let's get into what I teased before the break. Guys, the QBE shootout, which uh, booted Greg Norman from his hosting duties last year, uh, will now become a mixed team event between the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. I assume that that means that you know, you're going to have PGA Tour players teamed up with LPGA Tour players. Guys, does this excite you, T-Dub? It actually does, in all honesty. I, I remember last year, uh, hearing about when they booted Greg and it was kind of a, a, a funny deal and and end up kind of this was before Liv was around remember that so I mean that you know just the animosity and everything going on before that I know there had been talks going in before that 
But yeah, but yes, yeah. I, I saw them talking about this on the golf channel, I believe, a couple of days ago. Where if so, like, yes, there will be one player from the PGA Tour, one player on the LPGA Tour, um, p- playing in, in the same on the same team. And uh, I think it'll be a fairly cool thing. Um, I, I think they brought up like uh, whenever the QB is. I don't know if it's this week or next week. Um, uh, Denny McCarthy's playing with Nelly Corda. So you, you see some fairly cool and interesting teams going out there. I thought it was really funny on the Golf Channel, though. I think y'all would appreciate this. The whole promo that they were showing of it, they showed um, when Lexi Thompson w- was paired with Bubba Watson. And obviously Bubba plays on Live now, so I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. Woody, <laughs> would you have liked a tournament like this? And who back in your day would have been uh, the go-to pick if you had to pick a LPGA Tour player? Well, it would all depend on if I was single or married. Uh, <laughs> if I was married, I'd like a Lord baby. So true. If I was single, I would have gone with like uh, Natalie Goldis. But uh, once again, I'm showing I'm a sick human, so I got to quit that. Um, I, I I think it's cool, and, and I'll tell you what I like about this. So, guys, in a funny kind of way, this is another, in my opinion, this is another PR thing that they're getting going. Because this makes the PGA Tour look better. I think it does. And I think what you're seeing every week, all the time, they're trying to improve their image is what I believe. No, I totally agree with that. But I do think that this is a cool thing that the fans have wanted for a while. I remember Colby Powell used to advocate for things like this, uh, you know, back when we started the podcast uh, here on the 73rd hole. And I think that it can be an interesting thing. And what I feel like you're going to see is just how much more elite the PGA Tour players are than the LPGA Tour players, even though those LPGA Tour players can be any of us amateurs, right, T-Dub? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the classic. Oh, who who could win the 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 five handicap at the club or the LPGA Tour player? Just the stupid arguments that are brought up like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think you know, even going back to just like the kind of teams I brought uh, that you could potentially have. I remember them talking about this the other day too. They had uh, John Daly was paired with someone you just brought up, Woody, Laura Davies. Could you imagine that team together? There's no way those two would be beaten ever. That that's that's an unfort that's a team that is that, that's better than the Golden State Warriors when when Durant was there. The the dynasty that would be created. So it's uh I, I'm very interested with it, but I do agree with, with what you guys are saying with the PR it makes them better. And I do find it interesting that that there were some talks and I don't know that kind of died down a little bit where Liv would try to get some sort of a women's circuit going on, and uh, the PJ Tours kind of seems like they're beating them uh, to that race. So it's uh, that's something that's uh, not really been talked about in this, but I find an interesting dynamic from it. What I think you'll see in that, though, is Sam brought up a good point. I mean, there is a big difference between the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. I mean, just the power alone, and and that's the way it's supposed to be in a lot of ways, guys. When you look at the power of the PGA player compared to the LPGA, but I will tell you this: if you look at a, if you look at a pride of lions, the the male lion is there because he's a big badass, right? But who who really hunts and feeds the pride and is probably the meanest one in the group? Well, that's the mother. So I don't think that those ladies can't golf their ball. And for goodness sakes, don't think that they're not competitive because you put them in that kind of atmosphere, it's going to make them want to show off even more. So I love the idea. I think it's going to be so much fun to watch that. Kudos to the PGA Tour. They actually did something that is called, uh, what did we say? Uh, It was not reactive. They were actually proactive. They're actually growing the game. Yeah, right on TW. You Absolutely. Nail on the head. That, and that's smart, boys. You got to give them credit. That's all I'm going to say on that. They they deserve credit for this. No doubt about it. Uh, speaking of the QBE shootout, saying Greg's got to go. Tiger said that last week, and we talked about it on our podcast last week. Uh, Sergio Garcia had some interesting comments regarding Tiger saying Greg's got to go. Uh, He said, quote, Greg Norman is our CEO and we support him. We all wish we could come to an agreement. There are people who could have done wrong in both places, but it seems like there are only bad guys on one side, referring to the PGA Tour. T-Dub, do you have any other maybe comments on whether you agree with Sergio or Tiger here? Well, you know, Sergio brought up an interesting point. He said that, you know, everyone's clamoring for for um, 
for uh, Greg Norman to exit, but, uh, you know, no one is really saying for Jay Monahan to exit. And I think that uh, both, in all honesty, are equally guilty of pretty much the same things if, if one's going to accusing one of the other. So I feel like what side you choose in, on, in that is dependent on what side of the PGA Tour live, ba- live debate that you're on. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm just, I'm just pro for players being able to play where they want and, and when they want because they're the ones that are able to grow the game, not just the entities that are the PGA Tour who honestly have been, uh, you know, as we've seen, like I said, they, they've, they've done some good things over the last uh, few months or so, but I feel like is it too little too late? It'll be interesting to see. And there have been some players who have been questioning that as well. Harry Higgs on a Colt Nose podcast pretty much said that by the year 2030 or something like that, he doesn't see a way that the PGA Tour is not just 20 events all the way around because the, uh, and he pretty much blamed the broadcast crew not being able to relate uh, the struggles and how intense the actual golf is. So I don't know what you can relate to this because you're, P- you're an ex PGA tour player. It seems like a lot of players are even starting to come out and there's some, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like everyone who's still on the PGA tour ha- has the same opinion. I don't think they do. And I, I think there's a lot more animosity than you or I or anybody else would know. You you could tell that with some of our interviews with some of the guys that are actually playing the PGA Tour right now. There's there's a lot of, uh, oh, let's say that they're not all that fired up about what the PGA Tour is, but we mentioned it on our last podcast. that The one guy that moves the needle, will move the needle, does move the needle is Tiger Woods. So if you're on the other side of him, boy, it's a tough fight. It's a tough fight. I, I don't want to be – I wouldn't want to be Greg Norman if these – especially Tiger's saying he's got to go because that, that makes it awful hard on Greg Norman. No, I totally agree with that. However, I do feel like there's more animosity than is publicized by – PGA Tour players, technically even John Rahm has some animosity towards like Tiger and Rory as well. I I don't think that that's any secret and I think that you know, the middle of the pack PGA Tour players might agree with some of the things Liv has done and Greg Norman has done, but they can't publicize it, right? And they might have some animosity towards Tiger coming in, trying to uh, kind of, you know, big stick this whole situation. Um, Speaking of Greg Norman, he came back and said, I don't care what anybody says referring to Tiger. I'm not going anywhere. Maybe it's my leadership that has them scared. And he said, I pay zero attention to McElroy and Woods. I'm going to be with Liv for a long, long period of time. T-Dub, I know Woody has said this in the past. I don't know that that's what's best for Liv, but it's hard for Liv to get rid of Greg Norman right now when he has technically succeeded in everything that he's tried to do. I think he's just like Woody has said in past podcasts, rub people the wrong way. Oh, and, and, and Tiger said at his press conference, it's, it's going to take, they're going to have to drop the lawsuits before really anything's going to be able to happen. And I don't know at this point if that's going to happen. And if that does happen, we might be able to see some talks go from there. And I don't know, maybe they should at least just try initial talks with Greg still there. And then if things aren't able to work out, which I don't think they honestly ever will. We've talked about that a few times on this podcast. So it's, uh, I feel like this is just something that's just people are going to be waiting for it to happen. And with the lawsuit pretty much pending and nothing going on really till 2024, I believe is when the trial set. So it's, uh, it's going to take a long time for any of this gets resolved. And until then, Woody, the two tours are just going to have to try to find some way to coexist. And uh, it seems like from everything that, that's been talked about, it seems like the PGA Tour and the reason there's animosity there is that it, they're looking for some leadership because there's no real clear leader between Jay Monahan and Tiger Woods because someone like John Rahm, his growing up, he looked a whole lot more up to Sergio Garcia than he did Tiger. So it's uh, – it's hard for him to look up to Tigers being the role model. It's not hard for Rory or some of the other players, especially the Americans, um, to do it. So I, I feel like that's really where it is, Woody, is there's uh, there's no clear leadership because Jay Monahan um, definitely hasn't been able to to, uh, to have really much success. Well, you know, Harry Higgs, what he says, guys, that has a lot of merit to it. And I think, I think what it'll come down to, Adam Scott said it earlier last week. He said, you know what, why can't they both exist? And and they can. They already are. So what what Harry Higgs said is probably not too far off, guys. It's it's like anything in life, the rich get richer. Okay? And that's what the world's based on. So if there's 
40, 50 guys on the PGA Tour that are doing all the playing and getting all the uh, people to watch, and there's 40 or 50 guys on the Live Tour getting everybody to watch, then why can't they both exist? Uh, you have 20 events on the PGA Tour, you have 20 Live events, and uh, we just move on. I hate that. I, I don't like it. I want everybody to be able to compete against everybody else, but, uh, you know, I still live in this world that I think everybody gets along, and they don't. So, <laughs> What are you going to do? You're going to sit back and watch. It's great for us. If you're in the broadcasting business, it's great for us. I think it is because it's a story every week. And and normally, guys, in the middle of December, we'd be talking more about my duck hunt uh, because there's not much golf, but there is now. And, guys, I just don't see the animosity going anywhere anytime soon it's actually getting dirtier as we speak and as the days go along um leave it to pat perez's wife who went full anti-tiger mode on instagram under a golf balling account who tweeted tiger woods opens up about his golf career getting ready to come to an end and she commented below this instagram post and said literally why driving under the influence is illegal i don't feel bad for him thank god he didn't kill anyone see ya so i i think it's getting very very personal between the two sides leave it to pat perez wife to make it personal and not to try to better the game of golf i think it's things like this and things like greg norman has said like maybe it's my leadership that they're scared of i think live needs to cut that stuff out right t-dub yeah i'll say this everyone's entitled to their opinion and i don't think she should be canceled or anything like that but yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place to say things, and, and social media is just definitely not one of those to, to have that opinion. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want. Everyone has their opinions about Tiger, but this is the thing that I'll say about him now. He seems to be a really good father, and I think that's something that, that pays dividends. And who doesn't really like a comeback story? I know we're all big Tiger fans, but nevertheless, I still root for him just, just off of that. Everyone makes mistakes. People can come back from it. But uh, as far as the, the animosity there, yeah, it's not going to go uh, away anytime soon. And uh, just sometimes you, you need to have the old Herm Edwards, Sam. Just don't press send. That's exactly right, T-Dub. Don't press send. We need to put that on a sounder. Um you know, it, just to kind of wrap that up, I think that all the personal shots between the two, whether it's, you know, the Golf Channel or the PGA Tour comparing live guys to terrorists or, you know, whatever Ashley Perez just said on Instagram, I think all that crap needs to be cut out and all these, you know, live guys and all these PGA Tour guys need to get together and figure out the best way for these players to not only be compensated, but let's grow the game of golf. This new new study from the business journal came out and said what was the top business sports story of the year and live golf got 27 percent of the vote the second place in this poll uh, was the influence of nil on college sports that only got 19 percent of the vote so far and away the biggest business sports story of the year was live golf and i just feel like Right now is the perfect opportunity to do great things for the game of golf, and I think that both sides are right in a sense, and we it's time for everyone to get together. Like Rory McIlroy has said in the past, like Greg Norman has said in the past, we all need to put our, you know guns aside and get together and figure out the best way to go forward and if that's without greg norman then live needs to accept that and if it's you know without tiger woods then the pga tour needs to accept that and i just feel like right now is such a revolutionary time in the game of golf that we have to figure this out sooner rather than later otherwise the owgr and all that crap is going to go down the tubes and and golf's going to be a joke Totally agree with that, Sam. I mean, it's 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 almost Christmas. Let's lay down the swords. <laughs> let's everybody just relax and let's start 2023 with positive aspects. But to do that, Sam, the Golf Channel and other publications need to accept live. If they don't, if the media doesn't come on board, my friend, I don't see it happening you've got to everybody for this all to get together and all this to work and like we said maybe we have a live tour and we have a pga tour that's not the end of the world gentlemen it's not the end of the world it's quality golf all year round so 
if you can't do that, then the media needs to lighten up a little bit. What what would be so wrong, guys, with the golf channel putting the leaderboard of the live up there? What would be so bad about that, really? Well, I mean, you stole the word. You stole the words right out of my mouth, Woody. I mean, it's it's the uh, yeah, and that's one of the things that Sam brought up earlier was that. I mean, it's twenty seven percent. I mean, there was eight more percent that nil. We know how much of a, a deal nil has been uh, across, but that's because there's so many layers to to the live PJ Tour debate, and there's so you got you got the OWGR, you've got the the politics of it, you have everything. So there's that's what makes it such an interesting story. And I just put it this way: it's not going to go away anytime soon. It gives me it gives us something to talk about. It it's it's fairly interesting in my opinion, and I just hope that. In the over the course of ten years, I hope that golf keeps growing in the right direction because I do feel like if there are wrong decisions made by either side at this point, it, it could hinder hinder the game of golf. But at this point, guys, everyone seems like it's going in the wrong direction. At least a lot of guys on the PGA Tour do, and I just I just disagree with them. I think it's going positively in the right direction. I feel like even if it stays this course, I feel like golf's going to be in a great place over the next decade or two. Yeah, and my point here is, you know, the PGA Tour has done a lot of wrong things, whether it be, you know, owning players' rights in the past, which Phil Mickelson brought up, but even Phil Mickelson said comments that he shouldn't have said that set live back, and it's just like both sides have good points. I tend to agree more with Liv's side of it because I'm always on the player's side, and I feel like the only players that are really on the PGA Tour are getting compensated anyways, and so... It's just a multi-layered deal that you really can't uh, really have an opinion on in the middle, right? You you either love live or you hate it, right? And so I don't know. I, I just feel like all the shots being thrown back and forth aren't really beneficial to either side. Um, speaking of live, and speaking of live in Oklahoma, which we broke that news last week on the seventy third hole podcast that. Live Golf is coming to Cedar Ridge in Oklahoma on May 12th through the 14th. Rex Hoggard of the Golf Channel confirmed that um, that it, he didn't confirm that it's going to be at Cedar Ridge, but he confirmed these 14 states slash uh, places that Live is going to go in 2023. It's Florida, Australia, Singapore, Oklahoma, Washington D.C., Boston, Spain, London, West Virginia. New Jersey, Chicago, and the finale in Miami. Do you have any thoughts on those, T-Dub? I know we talked about Mayakoba last week, um, but do you have any other thoughts maybe on some other venues? Yeah, I think it's a really good lineup. I, th- I think it's pretty much kind of what we expected to see. In all honesty, I mean, the the, uh, the Greenbrier was a, a PGA Tour course for, for numerous years. Valderrama was one of the nicest courses in the world, so that's a great get. One thing... That, that we didn't really talk about with the the rumored dates for the uh, the Cedar Ridge Live is that it's going to be the week before the PGA Championship. So I think that's uh, going to be an interesting dynamic from it. Obviously, unless a player on Live is injured, they'll they'll play the event, so shouldn't have to worry about any guys missing for for rest or anything like that. So it's uh, I don't know I don't know that that seems like an interesting thing. That's something I just hadn't thought about the. Uh, and so one thing I think that would lead to is you figure all these guys would be in top form, right, Woody? Because they're trying to gear up uh, for the major championship. And they have great tests at Cedar Ridge, but uh, to me, when I listen to that list, <laughs> of course, now I live here, so I get to say this, but you talk about one sticking out of nowhere, Oklahoma. <laughs> when you look at all those names that you just threw out, Miami, Chicago, uh, Spain, Australia, and then you go, Oklahoma. How cool is that for us, guys? That That should be the biggest uh, asterisks on that whole list for us to have one of these events in Oklahoma. So, and then when it gets here, I mean, Sam, you're in charge of getting us our press passes. Okay, yes, we sir. need to be there. I want to. I, I want to <laughs> see this up close and personal. And uh, I think I, I just again when I heard that list, and I think, did you hear that Oklahoma in that list? Man, how cool is that? Like I said. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of our state that we can pull this off. Great job, Cedar Ridge. Great job for getting that here. I, I'm just so proud of them. I think this is going to be fun, boys. 
No, Woody, it's going to be really fun. And obviously, I do want to be transparent here. Rex Hogger tweeted those venues, not venues, but states and countries out um, on November 29th that he had confirmed. And um, we know here that we confirmed Cedar Ridge will be holding that live event on May 12th through the 14th, and it will be announced later next week. It was supposed to be announced on December 5th, um, and so we're expecting it here in the next couple days uh, that that will be announced that it's coming to Cedar Ridge in Oklahoma. That's really cool, guys, and that's the that's the part of Live that I love, that it's growing the game. It's going around the world, not just in our little part of the country, but it's really cool that we're going to have not only, I would assume, not only this tournament this year, but I would assume that it's going to be one of the most attended Live events events just because of the great fans in the state of Oklahoma and great you know golf knowledge that we have in the state of Oklahoma I would assume that this is going to be a place that they come back to and I feel like it could be a social gathering in Oklahoma for years to come and you know like what he said you got to ignore all the politics of the situation and look at what they're doing for the game of golf and how great it is not only for the players but growing professional golf as well right t-dub and go support it in may here in oklahoma i just think it's going to be a good thing for the community it's going to bring a lot of revenue to uh, to the golf club and also to uh to local surrounding businesses so i think it's going to be a great thing for all entities involved everyone around here is going to get to see some great golf and uh you know what he's right you know with the exception of maybe west virginia but but greenbrier has been been a staple for for over 100 years now so it's uh that, that it's a very elite company that, that that we're on to be on the live list because like you said they're not just a uh, you know a, a domestic tour they're an international tour so it's a very cool thing to see and i think everyone should hopefully have an opportunity because if it is a, a successful thing they'll have a, a better opportunity to make that for years to come and i think that's just going to be good for for the for the city of tulsa and our state i think the traditionalists need to kind of sam that's the only thing that worried me but but i'm an old fart and I can't wait to watch this, okay? Uh, the traditionalist, the golfer that is so used to watching golf as we know it, where there's not bands playing and music and uh, all the fanfare that goes with live, um, set that aside and just realize it's still first-class, world-class golf. And that's all I want them to do. Yeah, if, 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 you, if that other stuff bothers you, try to get that out of the picture, but – just realize the names that are going to be there, the golf that they can play, and and go watch it for that. And then you might be surprised. You might like all that other atmosphere that's there, and you might not. But don't don't beat this tour up because you got your mind set on this is the way golf's always supposed to be. Well, no, no. If, if that's the way you're going to go through life, then you shouldn't be driving a car uh, or you shouldn't have a cell phone. Okay, you know what I mean. If you're gonna stay stay that far in the boonies, don't do it. Get get your mind open. Go there with an open mind and watch it. And then if you don't like it, hey, that's cool. Don't I? No big deal. But don't sit at home and bash it until you try it. That's all I'm gonna tell people. Give it a try. Give it a try. And if you don't like it, okay. But I think you'll be surprised. I think they'll enjoy it. And when I said ignore the politics of the situation, I mean it. That's what we do talking about the PGA Tour every week, whether it be the 27 sponsors that deal with Saudi Arabia that you know also sponsor the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour's dealings with China. I don't bring those up every time we talk about a PGA Tour event, so why in the world are you bringing up the politics or even 9-11 I've seen talking about Liv being in Oklahoma? It's absolutely ridiculous. Go enjoy the product and the great golf that you're going to see in Tulsa, Oklahoma to me, right, T-Dub? It's just baffling to me um, at some of the comments, and like I said, you know, even our tweet that I sent out, and I said that Live Golf will be coming to Cedar Ridge in Oklahoma in 2023, and we got like 500 likes on it, T-Dub, and people want to focus on the 30 negative comments below each tweet, and that's happened since Live began. I'm just urging people to support this in Oklahoma because we are a golf state. Go participate in the fun that it's going to be up at Cedar Ridge in 2023. I mean, and I said this earlier, I'll say it again. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. If you don't want to go to it, if you're that adamant about it, then don't go. And let everyone, because I guarantee you there'll be plenty of people who do want to go 
and have a good time. And for those that do, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be a grand old time and I can't wait. And it's uh, like I brought up earlier, I think it's going to be the best thing about it. All these golfers are going to be in tip top shape because they'll be coming off of the masters and they will be gearing up for the PJ championship. So in all honesty, unless, you know, heaven forbid we get some horrible weather that week or something like that. I feel like it couldn't be better timing um, to have uh, an event here. No doubt about it. And our man Kim McLeod at Golf Oklahoma put out a poll on Golf Oklahoma and on Twitter asking if golf fans around the state of Oklahoma would be interested in going to a live event at Cedar Ridge. And 53% said yes. So I, I would assume that even if half the golf fans in Oklahoma went to this event, it would be one of the bigger crowds that we've seen in person and live. Uh, so definitely go support it because I feel like it could be a really good thing for many years to come. Right, Woody? Well, I think so. I, I think I think we don't need to just think about 2023, the the future. I mean, if we could get professional golf back in this state every year, I think you'd see a big upbeat in how many people are participating in golf in our state. And, and isn't that what we want, guys? That's what it's all about. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future. No doubt about it, guys. One last thing I want to hit on here, and T-Dub, I, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, there's at tour M I S S. I, I assume that's at tour miss on Twitter who posted a video of tiger at the hero world challenge during the pro-am. Um, and the PGA tour came out and tweeted that out without crediting her. Now where this gets a little slimy is that the PGA tour is notorious for taking down content that people put up of the PGA tour, but then they don't credit someone on a video that they tweet out. And it's kind of the whole rights situation that Phil Mickelson was kind of talking about. And for instance, like the NBA has no, uh, you know, permission or, or, or credit, uh, rules put in place to where if I, you know, have some NBA content, I can tweet that video out. Now, if I tweeted out a PGA tour, uh, you know, content like at the PGA, right? We weren't allowed to video shots during the tournament um, and tweet them out as our own. Do you think that this situation could possibly become a lawsuit between this at tour miss and the, and the PGA tour? In all honesty, I had not heard about this thing. I will say, from my past experiences, even on, on our own um, on social media platforms, I've had uh, try to post videos from the PGA Tour, and they've had them taken down before. And, and what happens is it happens within, like, three minutes, too, of, of when it happens. And after it happened once or twice, I, I just hadn't even tried again. I think that – and that is just the opposite of growing the game. And I feel like there's really no negatives from that, in my opinion. But, yes, going back to not crediting someone, I mean, technically that's – you know, they're stealing their content. So, yeah, I feel like there may be something that comes from it. But, uh, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know enough about the situation to elaborate a whole lot further. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what it comes on. But it, it, it does point out a little bit of the hypocrisy and some of the rules and regulations on the DJ Tour that have been exposed over the last year or two. Yeah, and, and Woody, my point of bringing this up is that we see Liv doing so many things in the streaming world to grow the game of golf, and I feel like the PGA Tour is just so stuck in their own ways that, you know, <laughs> I feel like it would grow the game if anybody was allowed to post whatever about the PGA Tour. Look how much the NBA has grown since social media began and started doing that. I think that they put the right uh, values in place and rules in place, and, and the PGA Tour didn't. I said this from the get-go. They're, they're kind of a bully. You know what I mean? Uh, and we don't know how big a bully they really are. This is just another example of it. So um, I I think the world's changing, guys. So uh, I, I don't know if I'm like T-Dub. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I couldn't tell you if she's got a lawsuit or not. But it, it's bad for the game. It, it, let's just say this. This girl's probably not a big golf fan. I say that. She might be an enormous golf fan. But can you imagine if you were kind of wanting to be involved in golf and you did that and they pulled your plug on that? It, it'd give you a, bitter, a little bitter taste in your mouth, I would say. No doubt about it, guys. The last thing we got to get to before we get out of here is the match coming up this Saturday at Pelican Golf Club. And the teams will be Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy versus Justin Thomas and Jordan Speed. T-Dub, tell us about the format this weekend coming up on Saturday. So the, the match is going to be this Saturday, December 10th. I think it's going to be at 
6 o'clock our time, Central Time, so it'll be 7 o'clock where they're playing in Florida. They're playing at a course, I believe it's down by Tampa Bay. It's called the Pelican Golf Club. That's where they, they've had a, a decent amount of LPGA Tour events there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be 12 holes. Uh, have There hasn't been any word if it's going to be best ball, alternate shot, or anything along those lines. So don't know if it'll just be straight up or exactly what that format is. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. We'll have, we're not going to have much college football this weekend. We'll have the Army-Navy game. We'll have some NFL going on on Saturday as well. But uh, I feel like, Woody, this is a good time um, to, to have an event like this. And it's going to be interesting to see um, how Tiger Leg holds up. He said that he can swing it perfectly. He just uh, can't walk. So we'll have to see uh, how good that swing actually is. But once again, I, I think this is a, a Tiger Woods public relations at its finest. Uh, that's what we're going to see out of Tiger Woods in the next few years, guys. He is going to play when he can. He'll play what majors he can, but he'll only do it when he feels if he feels like he compete. At some point, we're gonna we're not gonna have him around, but we're gonna have him around in these kinds of deals here. And uh, this is where he shines now. This is a part of his career where we're gonna get to really see. We always thought Tiger was the best golfer we've ever seen. Well, let me just tell you something. He's going to be one of the best public relation guys you've ever seen. So this is just starting to scratch to the surface. Then he'll play with his son in that father-son deal or that PNC thing. And uh, uh, this is what we're going to see from Tiger Woods. And and if that's what we get, great. Anything we get out of him is going to be, uh, you know, icing on the cake. So I look for a lot of uh, – needling going on i think it's gonna be interesting to watch it, it's sure not going to be like watching a major i'll tell you that t-dub you're going to take me up on that bet i'll take jt and spieth you know what I, I saw the odds last night they may have changed a little bit but i think jt and spieth were like minus 125 and tiger and rory were plus 105 really? i get tiger and rory at plus money i'm gonna take that all day and every night and but you know just straight up on a pizza I, i'm not gonna bet against tiger he seems confident in his game and you know, in all honesty, if I'm going to line up all four players, I'm going to think Rory's going to win that. So I get the best player, and I get the best player currently and the best player of all time. I, I think i got to take you up on that, Sam. <laughs> Beautiful. we got a deal on a pizza for the match. I got JT and Speed. Hopefully Speed plays a little better than he did this past week at the Hero World Challenge. And hopefully Tiger looks healthy. I assume that he'll look pretty good this week. And uh, it's just in a cart guys it's in a cart and like he told reporters last week he's focused on four events you know coming up in the future and that's the majors now I like I've always said uh since all of this happened Woody I don't see him you know competing on the back nine of a major until he's able to play a couple of regular PGA Tour events leading up to majors I I just feel like we might get a little bit of fool's gold watching something like this where Tiger looks pretty decent Oh, this is nothing but fool's gold. You're spot on with that. I think 2023 is going to be a very important year for Tiger Woods as far as majors go, Sam. If he goes through and can play all four, which I, I, I'm i not sure he can do that. It, it, but if he does, and he's not competitive in any of them, even if he makes the cut, I don't care. If he's not competitive, if he's not coming down the stretch where there's a chance, I think in 2024 you probably won't see him again. I think that he'll he'll do his best to, to play the majors as much as he can. But, yeah, I think that what could possibly happen is if he plays good this week, people will think that he, he's going to gear up and he's going to play – especially if he plays well here and the PNC, then everyone's going to be really optimistic for the majors. And, and maybe, who knows, he might have a, a shimmer of light at Augusta or something like that if he stays healthy. But there's too many things that have to go right for him um, to really be in contention. His body has to stay healthy for four, four, four rounds. He has to get – perfect weather essentially for the whole tournament he has to have good preparation leading up to it he has to have one of the have the rory's or the jt's of the world not go out and and shoot 20 something under because i don't think tiger could do that anymore so it's uh yeah there's too many things that have to go right and uh i think he's going to go at it as long as he can i think charlie motivates him too because i think that he's going to want to keep playing to get charlie better down the road so it's uh the, the, the whole thing is how much is he going to be able to walk? And um, unfortunately for me, when I saw at Southern Hills, I don't think that's very much. T-Dub, I will see you later tonight. Uh, We're going to go to the uh, OU-UMKC basketball game, Woody. I'm going to go cheer on my kangaroos. Oh, you lucky dog. I'm still waiting for my sweatshirt. <laughs> we got to get Woody a sweatshirt. 
Yeah, gee, many Christmas. And don't get me a large because I can't even get it over my head. <laughs> I've, I've been eating one, okay? I need at least an XL. I like double X, to be honest with you, because that way I can get them in when I'm late at night. I want to put on what I call my fatties. That's what I put on. <laughs> a lot of room to grow, okay? With so, a big old I, badass hey, kangaroo it. on there. I'll definitely get That's you one what, of those, Woody. That's what I need. And, and you boys have – I want you boys to have fun at that game tonight. I'm going to make both of you a little jealous of me because I'm going to be leaving uh, middle of the week. I'm flying down to Florida to see uh, uh, one of uh, my stepsons. And uh, it's 82 degrees there for the whole rest of the week. So uh, oh, I'm packing nothing but shorts and my golf shirt. So eat your heart out, boys. Beautiful Lucky stuff. Dog. T-Dub, uh, you want to make a pizza bet? I'll take uh, the ruse plus 25 tonight. Oh, plus 25? <laughs> yep. I, I, I need a scouting report. I watched a little bit of the OU Villanova game, and it looked like we had that game in control and unfortunately let it down. Um, but they say Villanova's not a horrible team. They are 2-5 and five somehow, but everyone keeps saying that they're not a bad team. So, um, I don't know. The plus 25 seems like a little stretch. But, uh, you know, catch me right before kickoff – or not kickoff. Catch me right before tip, and we'll, we'll see what we can do. All right. Sounds good. Hey, hey give a shout-out to, uh, to Darren Clark, who gave us the tickets, by the way. Yeah, shout-out Perm, Chad German. Great guy he is, great family. Um, check out John Holt Dealership down here. Uh, they're all family and great people. So uh, make sure to uh, check them out. And I think we're going to have a good time tonight, Sam. And uh, I, I can't wait to uh, to root on um, the Sooners. But, uh, you know, if the Kangaroos end up getting it done, it's not going to be the end of the world. I, I think I might be the only person in the crowd tonight with some kangaroo gear on. Uh, maybe the friends and family of some of the players, but I'm going to be the only person standing up if uh, we score more than 15 points tonight. I mean, have y'all been good this year? Do you know anything about the team? Uh, no, <laughs> they haven't been very good. <laughs> uh, but there's always a place to start, uh, T-Dub. I know that their big win of the year was only losing to 11 to LSU. Uh, so we'll hopefully uh, kind of get a – I think a win would be anything, uh, like I said, within 25 points tonight. Well, you know what? Like I said, we'll, once we get closer to tip, we'll make some sort of a bet on. I got to have some sort of financial investment um, in this game. My degeneracy has been at an all time high this year, boys. <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Woody, thank you. T Dub, thank you. This has been Sam Humphreys here on the 73rd Hole Podcast, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Please go hit that subscribe button. It's the purple button on Apple and the green button on Spotify. It's absolutely free. It just gives you a notification when we drop a new episode and it helps us out so stay with us next week here on the 73rd hole podcast the official podcast of golf oklahoma